0: Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you're listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Broadbridge, Louisiana, We hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. Set free is free indeed. I say this morning, and whom the Son has set free has freed us indeed. Amen. Can we say amen on that this morning? We're not <laughs> we're not in some kind of religious cult. We are the body of Christ. We are a living organism that is manifesting the presence of and the power of God to this world. That's what this is about, that they would be able to see an illustration and a demonstration of the character of God through our lives. (laughs) Come on. Can we go to the book of Hebrews, 11th chapter, at verse 1? And today's title will be uh, Enduring Faith. Amen? Enduring Faith. How many of us know that we need faith, right, to believe God, right? We need that faith that we're able to communicate with him. And like I said earlier, that is what he's gifted us, salvation. He's gifted us faith. He's gifted us of his son. He's gifted us of his Holy Spirit. He's gifted us all this through his grace. Think about that for a moment. The word faith itself, we can go all kind of different ways with this. just this one word this morning, right? There's saving faith, there's sanctifying faith, but what faith are we talking about this morning? We're talking about a faith that has an object to it. and The object of our faith is God himself, right? That's who it is. That's where our faith is at. That's who supplies our needs. That's who he is. But we must have faith to believe he is who he is, he exists, and he is a rewarder. Of those that diligently seek Him. Come on, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We ask for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We ask that your Son would be glorified during this time. Holy Spirit, teach us things, renew our strength, renew our faith, renew our courage in you to know that you are with us. We are not abandoned, you dwell within us, and you make Christ real in our life. But you also act upon our faith and help us, Lord, to understand that our faith is in Christ Jesus this morning, this day, and we're thankful for all of that. In Jesus' name of the church says, amen. So praise God. So we know that there's a saving and sanctified faith, right? Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 13. I'm just only going to read a couple of scriptures. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Amen. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 speaks a little bit more about this, the, the legal terms of it. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, right, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So praise God. So we know it is the avenue of faith that we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are we all on tune on that, right? saving faith, right? We've come into the body, right? We've been baptized in the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. We are now in the body, right, by the precious blood of the Lamb. We've been saved by faith, right? By faith, amen? Saved by grace, amen? And so praise God. And so what are the benefits from this point that we see? Now, what I want to do real quick is just talk about the book of Hebrews, uh, give just a little background what was going on. Now, this letter was specifically written to the 12 tribes of Israel, right? There was a reason why this letter was being written to the, to the Jews, because they were saved Jews. They came out of Judaism, and now they're following Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But because of that, there has been a heavy price for them to pay for following Christ. They were persecuted by their own brethren through Judaism. And so I believe that Paul wrote this letter, right? It doesn't say the author is unknown, but I really don't see anyone else that would be more qualified to talk about this better covenant and these better promises that we see in the book of Hebrews, amen? That's what Paul was doing. I believe it was Paul. I'm going to go out and live, and if not, the Lord can take care of me. And the judgment seat of Christ said, you're wrong. And that gets burned up through the furnace, and praise God anyways. God's always right, and we're wrong, amen? Thank God for that. So we want to talk about faith this morning. And so what Paul was doing is this Paul just going from one chapter after another and just encouraging them about this new covenant and what Christ has done and the precious blood that he shed at Calvary and that they're saved and their destination for their life. Even though they're going through heavy persecution and discouragement, there are to, by their faith, believe that Christ is going to see him through it all. And I'm here to tell you, that's what we need. The church in America must understand what faith in Christ means at this very hour because of all the craziness that is going on in this world. Amen? The one thing that the enemy wants to take away from you and me is our faith in Christ. People say, well, how can that be? Well, I'll tell you what. let circum- circumstances start happening in our lives, and we start focusing on the circumstances instead of Christ himself and the promises that we have in, in Christ Jesus, and it's easy to see what, how that happens. So what do we are to do to this? We are to stay rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. That's our faith in him. No matter what, no matter the trials, no matter the fire, no matter what we're going to face, if we're rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, he's going to pull us through, right? Sometimes we're like, oh, Lord, just uh, deliver me from this. And the Lord said, no, I'm going to pull you through it. We're going to walk through this together. And I'm going to show you what I'm going to do with your life because you've kept your faith in me. I'm going to do something beautiful. I'm going to show something in you that the world's going to know the God in whom you serve and the God that you walk with. And so Paul is encouraging them My brothers, I know that it's hard for you, I know what that feels like. At one time, I was the one that was persecuting the church. I was coming against the church thinking I was doing service to God until I found that revelation on the road of Damascus. And Paul paid a tremendous price after that when he met his Lord and Savior on that road. He converted, and the whole world of that time of that known world was saying, who is this crazy man that he saved now? Isn't this the Paul, Saul, that was uh, persecuting the church, and now he's preaching about this Jesus? So it shows you the grace of God and a person, even him, like him. So he's relating to his brethren. I understand where you're coming from. I'm even being persecuted because I speak about the cross of Christ. I speak about Jesus. and Because of that, they even came against me as they're coming against you. But he says, but I'm here to tell you, we're under a better test and better promises. And no matter what you're going to face, my brother, you're facing it right now, it is worth it. Your faith is being tried. Your faith is being tried through the fire of these tribulations and the things that you're going through, and you're going to make it. And I'm here to encourage you that even our own Lord and Savior went through the fire himself. He set the example of what it was to go through those things and still have faith in his Father to carry him all the way through. And if he said follow me, then we should follow him. And if we follow him, guess what? We're going to go through anything that we're going to face or ever experience in this lifetime until we get to glory. And so Paul is encouraging them in the faith. He said, "What do you have to go back to? If you go back, you're going back. You're going backwards. You're going to lose your salvation. You're going to lose your walk in, in this faith in Jesus Christ." Now I'm not here to debate about. Calvinism, I'm not here to debate about once saved, always saved, but I'm here to tell you that if God is warning us about specific things in the Bible, we should take heed to the warnings of what he says. He says them for a reason, because he loves us, and he doesn't want us to perish. God did so much that he sent his precious son to save us from the very things, and if he loves us, he will truly warn us about that, as we would warn our children when they start walking in a way that we're concerned about them. Not out of condemnation, but because we love them. And that's the truth. And that's the same thing with the Father. And so Paul is going to do something that is phenomenal. He's going to go into the book of Hebrews, obviously, where the 11th chapter, and he's going to give them a demonstration of their forefathers and what they went through, right? He's going to show you, look, if they were able, listen to me, if they were able to do this under the old covenant, right, We're not talking about the new covenant. If they were able by faith and trusting God in the old covenant to pull through, how much more even now we have access to the throne of God by the blood of Jesus. We have access, like my son was saying earlier, to the Father. Amen. This is what this is about, that we have access to God himself, and it's all through faith. Come on. Where's our faith this morning? Amen. What is the object of your faith? And whom do you trust in? And who do you have confidence in that you rely upon, that you're leaning upon? Amen. It has to be the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to be the Lord Jesus Christ in this New Testament. Amen. And with that kind of faith in him, guess what? We're going all the way, right? Remember he told his disciples, get in the boat. We're going on the other side. They all jump on the boat, and what happened? Was it an easy ride? <laughs> was it the love boat? Not even. It was almost like the Titanic. They're crossing over that Galilee. What happened? The winds are raving. There's all this stuff. They're like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Jesus in there asleep, right? He's just a sound asleep. He wakes up and he rebukes that thing. He tells them, Oh, ye of little faith. That's us sometimes. Know that Jesus is in the boat with you right now, wherever you find yourself. No matter how the, the, the storms of life and that roaring of that wind's coming at you, Jesus is in the boat with you. In other words, He's in fellowship with you. He's with you, and you are with Him. We abide in Him, and He abides in us, and He's going to see us through to the other side. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 goes like this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. And so the avenue we're talking about of faith here is what? It's not so much about saving faith or sanctified faith. It's just faith in God and believing who he is that he's going to see us throughout this lifetime that we live here on the now. And he's going, Paul's going to give, I believe it's Paul, he's going to give examples of the Old Testament uh, saints and what they did. Just by simply believing God, do we believe him this morning? Do we believe his promises? Do you believe the promises of God that are for you? It's through faith. It's through faith. You see, every time the Lord, I probably said this last week, but I'm going to repeat it. Every time the Lord in his earthly ministry, when he would go from village to village, there was people surrounding him. So much was going on. People were getting healed. Demons were being cast out. I mean, you talk about a, a show of what was going on. Wherever he went, it was a revival. But one thing that I always recognize about our Lord and Savior, that when a hungry heart would call out his name by faith and said, Jesus, have mercy on me, Jesus, he would stop and he would go to that person and he would heal them in the name of Jesus because of a hungry, faithful heart. He said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole because you believe that I was the son of God. I'm more than able through this avenue of faith to heal you, to deliver you, to cast out that demon, to push back that storm, and to see you through. Hallelujah. Do we believe God this morning? Do you believe that Jesus died on that cross? I know you do because we're here gathered in his name. Did we see him die on that cross? Did we see him crucified on that? No. But we know that we know by the Spirit of God that our spirit bears witness with his spirit, that we are children of God, and that what this word says is the word of God, and we believe it. You see, faith is just not something that we can sense or see with these natural eyes. The eye of faith is able to perceive And look into the unseen and the spiritual realm of what Christ wants to do for us and what he's already done for us. He said, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now faith is the foundation of things hoped for, the conviction or the evidence, right? The proof of things not seen. Have I seen Jesus? No, but I believe he is who he is, and the way that we perceive God is how we're going to live for God, right? If we believe that he is who he is, then we're going to live for him, and this world's going to see a demonstration of that, and that's faith, right? Didn't say that about Moses, but he believed the one in whom he could not see because he was invisible, and he feared him more than Pharaoh of Egypt, a godly fear. Be- all because of faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. What are we hoping for? What are the things that are un- not seen? Well, we just don't have this, like some people think, uh, the atheists think that us Christians, we just, la, 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 Star Trek kind of faith. We just believe, you know, whatever way the weather goes or the wind goes, that's what we believe. It's a, it's, you know, it's a walk of faith. They don't understand the term faith. But we do. Our faith is based upon something. And what do you think it is? It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. We're not just believing something for nothing. The Word of God, which is God's way of revealing himself to us, gives us that faith to believe. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. I'm telling you. The enemy is after our faith, and we have to be rooted and grounded to understand that no matter what he throws at us or this world that we're going to stand by faith because we believe who he is and what he's done for us at Calvary. Mm. It says faith is the foundation that gives strength to your hopes, and faith is a deep conviction in your heart concerning realities that you cannot see. That's what faith does in our heart, right? Isn't that where faith activate is in our heart, right? If we doubt in our heart, we have faith in our heart, it's a heart issue. And when that heart is aligned to the promises of God, we are able to believe him for what he says he's going to do and what he's already done in the past. It says things hoped for, future, and and conviction of things not seen, present, and past. So we're talking about a faith from the past to the present to the future. It's still faith in God's eyes. Do we have that this morning? I know we do. Do we battle with this sometimes? Yes, we do. It dwindles right inside like that heartbeat machine, like I said the other week. You know, up and down, up and down, our faith. our faith. But still, we still have faith. We're about to see some of the, some of the examples of the Old Testament faiths and what they went through. God wasn't looking at David and bringing up all that he did wrong. He looked at his faith in him. That's the same thing that he did with Abraham. We know some of the stories how he failed God, but said he did not stagger to the promises of God. It's faith in God that's going to pull us through because we believe who he is no matter what. That's the only way we're going to make it because we understand who he is. We understand that, you know what, this is not really our home. Hallelujah. This is just a tent, right? We're just doing a quick tent revival. But one day we're going to glory. We're going to really see him for who he is and we're really going to know what that faith was all about on this earth as we served him here. Praise God. So what is faith? Belief with the predominant ideal of trust or confidence, I would put, whether in God or in Christ, springing from faith in the same. What we're dealing with in this chapter is just having faith in God and our circumstances and to trust him and to continue walking in that faith in Christ Jesus and believing and trusting him and having a firm understanding and confidence in him that he's going to see us through. Come on, where's my elders? Come on. How many years have we been serving the Lord? And what has God done for you over the years by faith? What testimonies can you say this morning to the younger generation, what you've been through by God, with faith in God, and what he's done for your life and what he'll do to this next generation? It is faith. Come on. Hallelujah. That's what the Lord is looking at. Amen. He knows how we are. He knows we're not perfect. But he sees if we look to him by faith. Hallelujah. It says, faith is the spiritual organ that sees the spiritual realm and knows that God exists. This, 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 this sixth sense, if that's what you want to call it, or the spiritual sense, is what able to communicate with God. And that is phenomenal. Why do you think some of the reformers and those in the past, when they came um, persecuting the church so heavily, they were able to stand even at the burning stake because they had faith in God. They knew that he was real, and they were willing to lay down their lives as a martyr. Now that's faith. So what does hope mean? To expect or confide, right? You're hopeful of something. But we're just not hopeful of anything. We are hopeful for the promises of God in our life of what he's promised us through his holy word, through Christ Jesus. And there's evidence, there's proof, and we're about to see that. So when we look at the first verse here, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it gives you not the complete theological definition of what faith is, but it does deal with some of the, the the definition of the aspects within that because it's so broad, faith in itself. But not only that, it's going to be showing a demonstration how faith operates in the believer's life. Right? How does faith work? Verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him who's at God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We have to believe that he exists, and he is who he is, and he's with us, and he's going to see us through, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let me get my notes together. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. It said, for by it, verse 2, the people of old received their commendation. Now they're talking about the Old Testament saints and the Old Testament that were testify of their faith in God. Verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith we understand the universe was created by the Word of God. Here we go again about faith. Were we there, personal witness, watching God speak it into existence, this world that He's created for us? Amen. Were we there when he made the animals? Were we there when the moon and the sun and the solar system, the skies, the stars, he knows by name? Were we there when he created the mountains and the rivers and the seas and the ocean? Were we there? No. But we believe it by faith. That's something this world don't get about Christians. They're saying, why are they so narrow-minded about their faith in God? It takes faith to believe that. We believe it, right? Now, the other story, when you, you know, I mean, you bring both of these cases before the court of law, and the highest supreme court in heaven, and I mean, the other case as far as how creation came to be is, I'm sorry, it takes more faith to believe in that than to believe that there was a, what? A creator, someone that designed all this, intelligent desire, to call him. So let's continue. Verse 4 is an example, and I believe Paul is saying this. To to these that are being persecuted, the Jews that have converted to Christianity. He says, look, I want to show you something. I want to show you what faith does when you believe in God, how he's going to pull you through, even through persecution, even through the fires and all that you go through, he's going to pull you through. We just got to believe him and walk in that. He said, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts and through His faith, though he died, he still speaks. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. And what was the difference between their sacrifices? Cain came with the attitude of, you know what, here I am, Lord. This is my own toil, my own religion. This is what I am. Here you go. He didn't do it by faith. Abel comes with the the, the animal sacrifice and says, Lord, I'm nothing without you. And I remember that you told me through my parents that there would be a coming redeemer one day. And I bring this to you. This is all that I can bring to you because I know that I am a sinner. You see, we don't get that much detail in that. But if you start really looking into the the law of the sacrifices and all that, you understand that it points to Christ and what he would do for us at Calvary. So Abel had this understanding. And for that, what did it cost him? His life. His own brother killed him. But the Bible says by faith his blood was speaking out still, testifying of the Lamb of God, testifying of that sacrifice, testifying one day what would happen in the New Testament. So why does it start with the first man, Abel, I should say, not so much Adam and Eve, but Abel himself and with the sacrifice, because the Lord is trying to show us something. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not bound because he had take, God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was committed as having pleased God. He pleased God, and we just read that scripture earlier, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, it's impossible to know Him without having faith that He is who He is. And He, not, he pleased God so much, the Lord just took Him. And this is a perfect picture of one day the Lord coming for his people, amen, pleasing that bride one day. He's going to take us one day. Only God knows that time frame. Only he knows that. I don't know that. No man knows that. As much as we teach on theological end-time events, only Christ knows when he's coming back. It's a faith issue. What do we do? And what do you do? What do I do when all hell's breaking loose? And things are just not adding up in our personal life. I mean, really, whether it's you get a bad report from the doctor, or you're having a struggling financially with your bills, or just things are going on, what do we do? Think about it. All our theological learning, everything goes out the door, right? We're just like, Lord, I'm bypassing all this, right? I just gotta get to the straight to the throne room and say, Help. Help me, Jesus. This is, this is your son. By the blood of the Lamb, I have access to this throne because what your son has done. Help me, Jesus. Isn't that what we do? We cry out by faith for God to move in our behalf. And he does. He does. It's faith. It's faith. You know that all these that were talked about in this chapter never received the full promise but they believed it by faith, right? They've heard of the coming Redeemer. They heard the promises of God, but they still served God. They still believed God, and then they went to glory, never receiving the full promise that now that we have. Can you imagine serving God in the Old Testament compared to how we serve him now? The Holy Spirit was only in certain individuals. Kings, prophets, and those in the Old Testament, what about the rest of the people? The things that they went through, they had faith to believe God no matter what. They would trust in the animal sacrifices for their sins, and they would still believe God. And if they could do it, Paul's saying, I believe it was Paul, he's telling the Jews, those that have been converted, if they could do it, if they could do it in the Old Testament, how about us in this New Testament? I have just given you a theological breakdown in the book of Hebrews from one chapter to another why Christ is the better promise and the better covenant, better than Moses, better than the old covenant, better than all the animal sacrifices, better than anything. And it all has been fulfilled in him. And now we have him. We have the Lamb of God that is leading us because by faith we believe in him. And guess what? He's going to see us through If they could do it in the Old Testament, how much more in this New Testament? What what excuse do we have? I know that we go through some things. I know that it gets hard sometimes. But we truly don't really have an excuse because God has afforded everything that we need to live for him in this new covenant that we see ourselves now that we are experiencing. We have the keys to the kingdom. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Hallelujah. We have all that he's afforded us to walk in this newness of life, this resurrection power because of faith. Come on. Come on. This is the word of God that is being proclaimed. These are truths that are essential in our Christian walk. If we're going to grow in him, I mean, how is your faith going to grow? How is my faith going to grow? Unless I go, I've been put through some things, been tested, been tested. James speaks about this, the trial of your faith being tested by fire, amen? That has to increase. It has to be to a point that what it does in the trials of tribulation, our faith increases in God. It draws us closer to him, and we get to see him a little bit clearer as we're going through these things because we trust him. And as you're trusting him, maybe you're the one that's been in the hospital. Maybe you did the trial of, of fire because of, your, of the illness in your body, and they've given up hope on you. But guess what? Your faith is being tried in the fire. And that nurse and that doctor and the people that are walking by your room are sensing the presence of God because faith has been activated. They're seeing the literal presence of God in your life, saying, hey, I'm in this situation, but I'm trusting God is going to see me through. Come on. We want faith, we want to grow, but we don't want to go through the process of growing. We want to go from point A to point B and forget that middle part, forget that desert part, forget that red sea part, forget all those things and just get from this place to that place. It doesn't work that way with the Lord. There is a process. There is a process. Why do you think Paul would be able to testify? Under, under Christ, I believe he was like one of the most persecuted believers in the Bible that he was able listen to me able to embrace his trials he was able to embrace the fire, because he knew it was worth it. He got to an understanding of saying, these things are just not happening. There's a purpose. Why? They're happening in my life. And you know what it's doing? It's drawing me closer to the Lamb of God. It's drawing me closer to the Lord. And it shows the devil that no matter what you're throwing in my life, you can do whatever you try to do, but God is going to get glory from my life because my faith is in the Lamb of God. Come on. I didn't see the Lord raised, but I believe it by faith. I didn't see him crucified, but I believe it by faith. I didn't see him come out of that tomb, but I believe it by faith. It's a faith walk. And God is pleased when we walk in that faith, believing and trusting him no matter what. You want to drive the devil crazy? Just keep believing God and keep telling, doing what he's telling you to do when he's throwing them fiery darts, when he's throwing all hell at you. But guess what you can do? Ephesians chapter 6 says that you can put on the shield of faith. Hallelujah. And it said that it will quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. It didn't say some. Paul said all. Look how powerful this faith is of God that he has blessed us with. It's not so much our faith, but the object of our faith, which is Christ Jesus, that we're able to stand. Come on. Come on. Why do you think, how do you think the Chinese church is able to stand underground? Because they understand God. They have faith in him. And they have said, we're paying a hard price. I was listening to uh, somebody uh, that was uh, got a letter from them. And the, the pastor was um, testifying the things that were going on you know, in China and all that. And he said that they're not afraid to, they're not afraid, they're not afraid to testify their faith. Now that is faith. That is faith, no matter what. Amen. A faith that endures, an enduring faith, because it's found in an object, and that object is immovable, all-powerful, has won over death, hell, and the grave, has put two enemy all into shame and triumphant over them openly for the world to see that he is the king of kings. And what overcomes this world? 1 John, right? 5. Our faith in God, what overcomes this world. Your faith in God is going to help you to overcome the things of this world because it's just not you putting your faith out there, but there's an object, and it's God Almighty through his son Jesus Christ that we're able to stand. I love you. We need to be rooted and grounded in in the gospel. We need to be rooted and grounded in Christ and to experience that, what he has for you, and what he wants to do in your life, it's through faith, amen? He's able to do those things in your life, because I'm here to tell you, we don't always know what's going to come in the future of this nation, of all that, but we will be rooted and grounded in Christ. We will be rooted and grounded in Christ, no matter what not preaching other doctrines that whatever they mean that are help not benefiting the body, that's not nourishing the body, that's not helpful for the body, but that that teaches us how to be built up within the body. You see, some of you feel so alone right now because you're going through a trial. You really are. That's how it is. Some of us are on the mountain and some of us are in the valley, right? Some in the mountain, some in between, then there's those that are in the valley. And we're all gonna get there every now and then through our, our walk in Christ. And this is where faith counts. When we feel so alone. We could be around our family, you know, our church family. It's not, it's not, don't get me wrong what I'm trying to say about that. You just still feel alone because you're the one that's going through it. You're going through the fire. But guess what? You're not alone. You're not alone. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you in that fire right now. Well, it's the three Hebrew children, right? And if, you know, if you know, we trust God, but if God doesn't deliver us, hey, it's okay, we'll be barbecue for a little bit, then we're gonna get home. But they trusted God. Think in your mind right now some of the heaviest trials that you've been through in your personal walk. And how did God deliver you? He was there. He was almost tangible, like he was right next to you in that hospital room. He was right next to you when you're looking for that job. He was right next to you when the bills are pounding up and all this. He was right next with you when things were going on in your life personally. He's right there next to you helping you through. And guess what? He's teaching you and me something through the fire. You see, this faith's got to be refined so we can appreciate his presence and the price that he paid for us to have relationship with him. It's got to be tried. It's got to be burned. It's got to be tested in order for us to grow even more in the things of God and to be able to tell the next generation or to be able to tell my coworkers that when I say I believe in God, I mean it because I've been through something. What was the song? Testimony by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, right? We can testify of his goodness and who he is. And this is what faith looks like. But we can't tell what's going to happen. But we trust him with our life because he knows we know that he's leading and guiding us through whatever we're going to experience in this world system. Hallelujah! That's better than all state. I should not open that can of worms. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Home insurance. Praise God. Anyways, Progressive. they're all right, I guess. I better stop. Anyways, time. I better not put FEMA in here. I'm really getting trouble. All right. So anyways, we can trust him. We can literally trust him. I can trust him. You can trust him. That's what this is about. Faith in what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And we're able to stand. That means more to me than anything else. All the material in the world is fine. All the money is fine. But that faith in him and it's being refined. And appreciating who he is and his character, and how much he loves me, means more to me than anything in this world, because he loves you. I've said many times, and you know, we do it out of—I guess I don't—maybe not out of habit. It's been taught so much in the church. You know, we're just uh, sinners, and you know, saved by grace. You know, we—you we're, we're, know—we amount to nothing. That's true to a point, but if God. If God sent his son in this world to die for us, then he found some kind of worth in us. We were created in his image. You're worthy. He loves you. The devil's a liar. Teenagers, if there's any in here, Jesus loves you. And That lying voice that tries to tell you that you're not pretty, you're not this, you're not this, Rebuke that thing. God has specifically created you, who you are, and you're beautiful to him in his eyes. He's, You are beautiful to him in your eyes, and it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you've done. He loves you, and he wants you to come to him. He doesn't want you to run from him. He doesn't want you to run from shame. He doesn't want you to run like Adam did when he called him in the garden. We need to run to him. Hallelujah. And say, Father, I have a problem. Here's my faith. I believe you. I believe you. He loves us. That's what you need to know, and I need to know. When it gets hard, when the trial comes, sometimes we feel like God doesn't love us, or nobody loves us, or nobody cares what we're going through. But He does. The Bible says, He's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me. So when you wake up at 3 in the morning with that pain or the situation that you don't know how the Lord's going to deliver you, you can cry unto him, and guess what? He's not the 7-Eleven that's going to be closed, you know, at, at 11. He's open 24-7. And he hears your heart. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to go with it. And he knows the pain that you're going through. And he's there for you. I'm here to tell you, Jesus loves you more than we don't understand. We don't understand God's love, how much he loves this world. It's that for God so loved the world, he so loved it. He loved it from the past to the present and into the future. He loves it, that he sent his best, his son Jesus to that cross. He sent his very best, his own begotten son He told Abraham, I'm going to test you with your son Isaac, but I'm not telling you, Abraham, to do something that I will not do one day myself. He loves you. Can we stand? He's good. He loves you. I want you to know that we're human beings. We need need, repetition. The best teacher, it needs to be repeated that God loves us. Amen. It needs to be, we need to be reminded. You know, how, you know how we are. My wife knows how I am. I forget about something. She's got to remind me. God is good. Hallelujah. This is what we say this morning. God loves you. Amen. He has a plan for your life, and he's been working in your life. And we are to continue in that. I want to pray for somebody specifically this morning because we are the body of Christ. When you see your brother or your sister going through something, walk up to them, say, how you doing? I love you. Check on them. We put the smile on our face that everything's okay when we come to church. Our Sunday best, right? A lot of times we're broken inside.
1: We need to comfort one another and love one another,
0: right? How is somebody supposed to know the love of God if it's not demonstrated to the church, right? If it's not, if we're not demonstrating that to one another, then how are we going to win them out there? If it's not here, right? The world will know that you are my disciples if you. The King James. I like what the King James says. If you have love for one another, amen. We're gonna pray this morning. Sometimes I can look in people's eyes and I know that they're going through it. My heart goes out to them. And I know we gotta be careful because some, sometimes God is doing a process of they gotta go through, you know, the fire, they gotta go through the trial, but we still should be there to encourage them to keep walking through that, right? Not just leave them abandoned and say you're gonna be all right. You need to let people know that we love, we care, we're praying for them. And that we want to support them in that. We want to let them know we love them. Amen. I love you. I'm not perfect. I think God's people that are so beautiful, and I don't—I can't catch everything. But within the body, you're gonna catch certain things that the Holy Spirit is pressing your heart to move out by faith and use your gift and to encourage someone to pray for someone or love them, and that's what we need to do.